This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, everybody, it's Adam the Bull. It is Friday, March the 10th, 2023, and it's time to talk sports all over the globe. On today's podcast, we're getting into soccer, and no, we're not getting into soccer. We're not getting into rugby. We're not getting into, I was trying to think of some of those sports that you see on ESPN, the Ocho, but we're not getting into any of them either. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and I got some thoughts on college basketball as another legendary name, not legendary coach, has been fired. That's all coming up on this Friday edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. And we begin right in the NFL. A lot to get to today. I'm not messing around. All right. Free agency again starts on Monday. Got to keep reminding you of this. So this is it. Last weekend before we changed the calendar year, officially moving forward to the 2023 NFL season. Although it feels like that already happened this week with a lot of the quarterbacks changing places and a lot of rumors happening. And another one of those just popped up this morning right before I started the podcast, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo talking to the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, I think that's a match made in hell. Uh, it really uh, it really is because G- here's the thing. The Raiders are a bad organization, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not a very good quarterback. So good luck to the Raiders and their fans uh, to and continue to enjoy mediocrity uh, with their bad coach, Josh McDaniels. How does Josh McDaniels, by the way, get a second chance to be a head coach? Can somebody explain this to me? The Belichick coaches are never good. Never. Those guys all stink when they become head coaches. All of them across the board. Josh McDaniels drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. Maybe the dumbest draft pick of all time. Tim Tebow in the first round. Tim Tebow's a hell of a nice guy. I, he used to drive me crazy. I thought he was a big phony, but I've met enough people that actually know him personally now that I know he's not a phony. He's a good guy. Good dude, right? Got no problem with him personally, but his fans are annoying as hell. But that's another story for another day. But Tim Tebow, anybody with a brain had to know Tim Tebow could not play football in the NFL. College, NFL, different story. Josh McDaniels drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. Josh McDaniels is not. Everybody wants to get a taste of that Belichick magic. There's only one guy. Belichick's tree, you know, you talk about all these coaching trees with Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin and, and all these other, you know, great coaches. Bill Belichick's tree is like from Game of Thrones. You know, it's like it, it, it's been poisoned. And there's been wars fought on it. And it's dead. The branches are dead. Everything's dead. Stop hiring coaches from Bill Belichick's coaching tree because none of them are any good. Never, ever. And Josh McDaniels, like the first time in Denver, is going to be a failure in Oakland or Vegas. And if he thinks Jimmy Garoppolo, they, they were so they were such in a hurry to get rid of Derek Carr, who's not that good, you know, he's a decent quarterback. That there, 
such in a hurry. They're going to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. And I understand that Garoppolo, when he first came to the league, was at New England. He was with Josh McDaniels. Okay, fine and dandy, good for him. He's worse than Derek Carr. That guy can't play. He's always hurt. He played with the best roster in the... Listen, did he win games? Of course he did. Did he have success in San Francisco? Yes, he did. Did the team win in spite of him? Absolutely. Was he terrible? Nah, yeah, he's not terrible. He's a guy. And that's the thing. When you see guy, you know, there's, there's levels to it. There's levels to it. But, you know, with Daniel Jones and Derek Carr and Geno Smith and Jimmy Garoppolo, like, I'm not saying they're all equal footing. There's a difference between those guys. But ultimately, I've talked about this once. I'll talk about it a million times. You don't have a top 10, 12, wherever you want to put that line of tier one, tier two quarterbacks. You've got almost no chance. The 49ers were in contention all these years with Jimmy Garoppolo. Why? Not because he's that good. Because they're ro- because they're the one of the best coach teams, one of the best run teams. Have one of the uh, they run the ball well all the time. They were even better with with. Um, a McCaffrey once they got him, good wide receiver talent, great tight end, great defense, great offensive line. They do everything right except get a quarterback. Why do you think Brock Purdy had – Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick. He's not the next Tom Brady. He just plays for the Niners. They make every quarterback look decent except Trey Lance, the one guy they drafted high. He's looked awful. Go figure. Maybe he'll be better next year. I don't know. But anyway, good luck to the Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, you know, all uh, everybody's gonna to head to Vegas to see the rough and maybe the Raiders will have a good halftime show at least because uh, watching their mediocre offense with their franchise tag on Josh Jacobs, who had a career year and will probably go backwards this year. I mean, at least when the Giants franchise Barkley, the guy when he's at his best is elite when he's healthy. Uh, Josh Jacobs was just a guy. Now, last year he had a really good year. I get it, but I think it's an anomaly, not the rule. I think Josh Jacobs will be back to being just a run-of-the-mill running back next year. I'll admit if I'm wrong. You can call me an idiot if you disagree. That's fine. I got I got thick skin and a thick body. Hello. Uh, let, one other, a couple other NFL things I want to get to. Odell Beckham Jr. Who Who is excited about Odell Beckham Jr.? When... Odell Beckham Jr. was on the Giants and about to get traded. I was doing a radio show in Cleveland at the time, for those who, you know, a lot lot of you know me from Cleveland. Some of you know me from New York. The rest of you may not know me at all. If you're listening from other parts of the country, you may remember me doing a national show on CBS Sports Radio back in the day. But but when, when I was working in Cleveland and the Giants were about to trade Odell Beckham Jr., I remember on my radio show, five hour radio show. Oh, my God. Can't believe they're still doing five-hour radio shows. What an embarrassment. It's radio stations behind the times. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, oh, so Odell Beckham is about to get traded. And I'm wor- I'm doing my show in Cleveland, still in Cleveland. And I was banging, literally. You know people say I was banging the table for this guy? I was literally banging the table for the Cleveland Browns to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. Loudly, obnoxiously, time and time again. And I willed it to happen. I am the reason that Odell Beckham Jr., yes, my ego is that big that I believe that. I am the reason that Odell Beckham Jr. got traded to the Cleveland Browns, and I will take the blame for it. I took the credit for it at the time, and I will take the blame for it because Odell Beckham Jr. stunk as a Cleveland Brown. Now, 
I'm not sure why Odell Beckham Jr. is considered a star still at this point. He's got a big personality. He was great. I mean, great like you couldn't believe his first three years in the league, 2014 to 2016. But he's never been great again. Never. He missed most of 2017. He was okay with the Giants in 2018, playing three quarters of a season. He went to the Browns. He stunk in 20, stunk is a little strong. He was mediocre in 2019. He did nothing in 2020 with the Browns. He went to the Rams, and he was better there. And obviously, he had an impact. But people made it seem, you know, this idea that Odell Beckham went to the Rams and was like this great player. Now, did he impact the Super Bowl before getting hurt? Yes, no doubt. I give him credit for that. He was productive in the red zone. He had five touchdowns in eight regular season games with the Rams. That was nice. But overall, he was he had 300 yards in his eight regular season games. Uh, he was a little better. He had a couple of moments with the Rams, but he had a couple of moments with the Browns too. That's what his career is now, a couple of moments. He missed all of last year again. He has only played uh, more than 14 games in a season once since 2016 and only three times in his career. He's over. He's now 30 years old and is coming off a second ACL injury and he'll turn 31 in the first week of November. So Odell's holding a tryout. And my uh, question, and, and plus he's, a, he's kind of a pain in the neck. Now, that part may be unfair because the one thing I'll say about Odell Beckham Jr. is I do think down deep he's a nice guy. I've talked with him, you know, off the record. He, came, I, I really enjoyed my conversation with him off the record. He came off very nice, likable, uh, open-minded. I really, en- really enjoyed it. Had a, a great, great conversation with him one time off the record for a good 10, 15 minutes. And it was, it was delightful, if you will. But Odell, and, and I'll say this too. Every teammate I've ever spoken to of Odell Beckham mostly on the record, but a couple of guys off the record have said across the board they love him as a teammate. So when I say he's a pain in the neck, he's not a pain in the neck to the players. The players love Odell Beckham, by and large. I don't know what Eli Manning feels about him. If we get the truth serum out of Eli Manning, I don't know what Eli would say at this point. But Eli's an old guy. Nobody cares what Eli has to say, honestly, at this point. So I don't think that matters. But most of the guys in the current NFL look up to Odell, still think he's good, and like him. That's the truth. He's just a pain in the neck to the team. He's always got something to complain about. There's always someone to blame, and I don't love that he rarely takes accountability when he doesn't perform. I feel like he puts the blame on other people. Um, I didn't like how his time ended in Cleveland. I didn't think he handled that well. And to me, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't really want him on my team because I don't trust him. And you both not off the field. I mean, he's again, he's been in real trouble, but uh, I don't trust him on the field to stay healthy, to perform and not be a pain in the neck. So there will be teams going to Odell Beckham's tryout. I'm sure he will impress. I mean, it's what uh, I mean, at this point, 13 months since he had the surgery, roughly, give or take. Uh, But I I don't love the idea of a guy turning 31 in season, coming back from two ACL injuries and still being a guy. Now, you take him on a flyer contract. I don't you know, I don't know what he's looking for. He's probably still thinks he's worth big money. He's not. 
I'm to me, I'm not guaranteeing Odell Beckham anything, uh, but some team will. And there'll be, I'm sure there'll be plenty of teams at this workout he's doing in Arizona, and uh, somebody give him a shot. It just wouldn't be a team that I was running. But I'm not running a team. If I were running a team, I would not trade for Aaron Rodgers. That's another guy I'd avoid, speaking of pains in the neck. Now, could Aaron Rodgers bounce back at the age of 40? Uh, remember, it was just two, two seasons ago and three seasons ago that um, – that Aaron Rodgers was the MVP of the league. Aaron Rodgers has not missed a game since 2017. He's been reliable. However, I think there's a sense that this is a Tom Brady situation. Uh, Remember Tom Brady's last year in New England? It looked like there was a little bit of a decline, and the Buccaneers signed him, and there was no decline. He was great the following year. Phenomenal. But Tom Brady... Is of as great a talent as Aaron Rodgers is or was. Tom Brady is the freak of all freaks. He cannot be compared to. We've seen Peyton Manning look great, go off a cliff around 40. We've seen Drew Brees look great, go off a cliff at 40. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, as I said, will turn 40 later this year. Um, and I just, I don't know what the Jets, I, again, I understand the situation the Jets are in. I think Aaron Rodgers is not going to be great. I understand that Aaron Rodgers may not have had great receivers uh, with the Packers this past year when Devontae Adams was gone. And I do love Garrett Wilson, uh, who was tremendous as a rookie. I don't love the rest of the Jets' pass catchers. I don't. So I I don't think it's a situation where you're like, okay, well, we're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers, and we've got this amazing – depth chart. I don't like that they have a defensive coach. I think uh, that's not great for offense in general. Most defensive coaches are conservative offensively. And you just look at what the Jets have in their pass-catching core, I'll say, because I'll include tight end. Outside of Garrett Wilson, it's all guys. Corey Davis, C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin, who did a nice job last year for the Jets. Uh, Elijah Moore, who was a high draft pick two years ago, but didn't do that much. I mean, all these guys to me are just guys outside of Garrett Wilson. He's special. Brees Hall looked special, but I don't know. He's coming off a serious injury, what he's going to look like this year. The rest of their running backs are nothing. So the, so you're bringing in a 40 year old, soon to be 40 year old Aaron Rodgers, coming off one of the worst seasons of his career. Um, and, and you're expecting him to lift up a team that's offensive-based. I, I, I mean, defensive-based. I, I don't see it. I don't think it's going to work. But I understand the Jets feel desperate because the Jets, as an organization, have no ability to find a quarterback. They can't do it. They don't do it. They always fail at it. And, um, you know, they failed at it again with Wilson. And uh, now they're trying to pick up the pieces. All right, very quick break. I'm going to switch it up, talk a little baseball. I got NBA and NCAA tournament stuff I want to get into. All quick hitters coming up next in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, Anybody that knows me knows that I don't like the Yankees. There are some teams in sports that I don't like. I've told you this before. I've taught last, for those who are new to me, 
I assume most of you listening know me. For those who are new, I will repeat again that I grew up a Bengals and Cubs fan in New York. St. John's was my favorite college basketball team. I did not have a favorite NBA team. I like the New York Rangers in hockey, but I'm not much of a hockey fan. But if I had to say, that would be my team. Uh, But I also had teams that I hate. When I was a kid growing up in New York as a Cubs fan, most of my friends were Mets fans. The Mets were very good when I was a teen. Of course, those 80s teams. And so I I hated the Mets. I no longer hate the Mets at this age. I've come around on the Mets. Uh, I really like their owner. And so I, I, I'm, I'm certainly not a fan of the Mets. I no longer hate them like I did as a kid. I've always hated the Yankees, uh, so I admit that. I hate the Red Sox, too. I've developed a hatred of the Red Sox over the years. I hate the Steelers in football. Uh, that's about it. I think those are the only three teams in sport. Oh, and, and, and I, you know, I'm, as a Cubs fan, I kind of don't like the Cardinals either, but I respect their fans, and I respect their organization. Not that I don't respect the Yankees, too. But I, as I say once, I'll say it a million times, I don't let my my favoritism, my fandom, or my hatred of a team affect how I analyze a team. I'm going to tell you, you know, that the Cardinals are going to win the NL Central, uh, that the Yankees are, are a very good organization. I don't think they're as good an organization as the Cardinals, but they're good. Uh, and I'll be honest about the Steelers. I thought they were going to be under 500 finally this year, and they were not. Kudos to them because their roster is not very good and their quarterback's not very good. And it's laughable that people think he's going to be good, but that's another story for another day. Uh, getting back to the Yankees, I have to admit that I am rejoicing in the fact that they have so many injured players. Now, you could say that's mean. You could say I'm being a not nice guy, uh, but I am who I am. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not rooting for the Yankees to fail. The Yankees outspend every team. Well, not the Mets anymore. Now the Mets are playing in that Yankee game. But uh, I like to see the Yankees not have success. I like to see them spend $250 million, $300 million, and I like to see them fail. Now, I'm torn because when I, in, the, in the late 90s, the Yankees were an unlikable team. If you were not a – now, any Yankee fan listening is going to say, Paul, you're an idiot. I'm never listening to you again. Why do you hate my Yankees? Well, because Yankee fans are going to be biased, and they're going to give you an uneducated opinion because they're going to be biased about your team. I will give you an appropriate opinion about the Yankees, and here's what it is. The Yankees now are a much more likable team than they were in the 90s. They're not as good, but they're much more likable, uh, and, and that's the thing. So it's hard to – like, I love Anthony Rizzo. He's one of my all-time favorite players. I can't hate Anthony Rizzo. I want Anthony Rizzo, Rizzo to succeed, uh, but I don't want the Yankees to. And Aaron Judge. Who doesn't like Aaron Judge? How could you possibly be a baseball fan and not like Aaron Judge? He rap- represents everything good about sports. Love Aaron Judge. But I don't think the Yankees lineup is very good. I remember when the Cubs traded Gleyber Torres to the Yankees for Araldis Chapman in 2016. At the time, um, a lot of members of the baseball media were saying that this was an amazing trade by the Yankees, that the Cubs were stupid for making that trade. First of all, at the time, those comments were beyond dumb. While, while a trade for Raldis Chapman didn't guarantee the Cubs with the World Series, which they did ultimately win, although he blew it in Game 7 and they had to bail him out. However, he was a big part of the reason they were able to get to that point. Um, when you're trying to end a 100-plus-year uh, World Series drought, you do whatever it takes, including trading your best prospects. And when Gleyber Torres first hit the big leagues with the Yankees, he looked like he was going to be a star. The reality is Gleyber Torres is not a star. Now, could he, could he become a star? 
I guess. I guess that's possible. To me, he's a nice player. He's not a special player. Uh, he hasn't been a special player. And it's weird how that's happened with the Yankees. Like, Glaber Torres looked awesome, and now he's just a guy. Gary Sanchez came up, looked awesome. Now he do- he's still a free agent. Gary Sanchez, right now, doesn't have a team. Gary Sanchez is a free agent. This guy looked like he was going to be the next great catcher when he first came up, went down the tubes. How about, to a lesser degree, Miguel Andujar? Remember that guy, Yankees fans? He was going to be the next Yankee third baseman. Great time when he first came up. He's, he's going to be in the minors again this year. I can't even remember where he is now. Pittsburgh. He's with somebody. I think it's Pittsburgh. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, uh, but he's probably going to start the season in the minors. You made the trade with the with, as part of the blah, 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 I can't spit it out as part of the uh, Andrew Miller trade with the Indians now Guardians you got Clint Frazier that guy's bopping around now trying to battle for a roster spot Yankees have not developed a lot of these guys very well I look at the Yankee lineup I see Giancarlo Stanton who yes still has tremendous power but is not reliable health wise and could really be a guy that goes off the cliff anytime. Josh Donaldson, not the same player. Harrison Bader, nice player, nothing special. The Yankees have some major holes in the lineup. They, with all the payroll, all the money they spend, uh, their lineup didn't get any better. They brought Judge back and Rizzo back. Well, but those guys were there last year. They, who's new in their lineup? Maybe some of the young guys cracked away. They do have a good farm system, allegedly. We've heard that before about the Yankees. Is their bullpen very good? I don't see it. You got guys banged up already in the bullpen. Scott Efros, who they got from the made the trade with the Cubs last year. He had Tommy John. He's going to miss the season. Tommy Canley is hurt. Lou Trevino's hurt. You're going to Clay Holmes. I know he had a great year last year. Uh, but it kind of came apart second half. You trust him? Who do you trust in this Yankee pen? I don't trust anybody. Now, the rotation, okay. Well, Frankie Montas, you traded for him. He stunk. He had shoulder surgery. Not going to see him. Now Carlos Rodon's got a strained forearm. He's going to miss the beginning of the season. You just paid $160 million, whatever you did. Now, maybe he's going to be fine. He's 30. He's had some injury problems in the past. He hasn't always been great. And if you don't have Rodon, well, okay, now you got Garrett Cole. Nestor Cortez had a nice season. Is he going to follow that up? Luis Severino, good pitcher, great talent. He going to stay healthy? And then that's it. So I think the Yankees are highly overrated. Uh, uh, All that being said, I think there's still a good chance they'll make the playoffs. Um, But I think Tampa Bay is going to win the division. And everybody's like, Tampa Bay? How's Tampa Bay going to win the division? They don't have a big, sexy names. You know what they do? The Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Guardians have the two best front offices in in Major League Baseball. Look at the teams they put on the field every year. Look how many wins those two franchises get. And they don't have the best. Brian Cashman is the most overrated GM in the history of professional sports. That guy can make a thousand mistakes, and it doesn't matter because the money can cover it up. The Rays and the Guardians, they've got zero margin for error. They screw up a signing. They screw up a trade. They screw up a draft pick. 
They're screwed. And yet every single year, they're competitive. Every single year, there's guys on those teams that come out of nowhere. They're great run organizations. The Yankees are not. They just got a bloated payroll. Yankees are a good run organization. I don't want to go over the top. I probably have already. I've always felt Brian, even when the Yankees were, were winning consistently, which they are. I mean, they finish over 500. When you have a payroll that high, it's really hard to not finish over 500. Um, but anyway, let's leave the Yankees for now. Take one more quick break, and I got some hoops, both uh, NBA and college, to wrap things up next. Right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. Let me uh, let's talk some NBA here for a minute. Kevin Durant is hurt again. I mean, who could have seen that coming? Who could? I mean, what? I am beyond shocked this Friday morning that Kevin Durant is hurt. The next thing you're going to tell me that is that Kyrie Irving got hurt. Although, I think uh, um, Luka Doncic got hurt. Maybe uh, maybe Kyrie's injury history is uh, contagious. But um, Durant's hurt. He's probably going to miss the rest of the regular season. He's barely played the second half of the year. Um, the Suns, you know, probably will finish as the four seed in the West. And if Durant does come back for the playoffs, maybe they'll make some sort of run. But um, I don't know, man. The West is wide open because I don't trust Denver. But uh, Kevin Durant, he wasted his career by going to Brooklyn. Um, He and, and Kyrie Irving are the two biggest pains in the neck in the league. Stupid decision to pair up with him. And uh, and James Harden, those three barely played together. He, I don't even think Kyrie and Durant. I, they, I can't remember the exact amount of games they played together in the three years, but barely any. And now Durant's been injury prone. He's getting old. Uh, obviously, the guy is still a great player when he's healthy, but you can't help the team if you're in the in the tub. Got to be on the court to help. I got no sympathy for the Suns. You knew what you were getting into when you got Kevin Durant. Finally, from college basketball, the NCAA tournament's right around the corner. Uh, I'm only going to spend two minutes on college basketball, roughly, because the reality, college basketball is the weirdest sport because everybody loves the NCAA tournament. Everybody plays their brackets and makes their their wagers, and we, we love it. It's great. But the reality is that the only thing most people care about when it comes to college basketball is their team and their bracket. And so talking about it on a national podcast, a radio show, or TV show, or whatever, is really a waste of time. Because nobody gives a rat's ass about your bracket. Uh, it's like your fantasy football team. Sometimes I'll talk about my fantasy football team, even though I know nobody cares. But the only thing people care less about than my fantasy football team is my, my NCAA tournament bracket. Nobody cares. Everybody loves to have one, but nobody gives a shit about mine. Or yours. I don't give a shit about yours. I don't want to hear about yours. I don't want to hear about your fantasy team. And I want to. I love fantasy football. Obsessed with it. By the way, I'm I'm getting in. I'm starting a uh, a guillotine league this year. If you don't know what that's about, check it out. And hit me up if you want on social media. If you want to learn more about it, 
because um, maybe I'll invite some some fans into the league because I need a lot of people for this. But uh, the one thing I want to talk about with college basketball is that Patrick Ewing got fired by Georgetown, and he, deservedly so. He's been there six years. He didn't. They didn't do any winning. Um, the, I grew up as a Big East basketball fan. As a kid in the '80s, the Big East was it. It was the mecca of college basketball. You had um, Roly Massimino in Villanova. You had uh, John Thompson at Georgetown. You had Bayheim, who just retired. Uh, I hate I hate Jim Bayheim. Can't stand Syracuse, but he was a great coach. He was there forever. You had Luke Carnesecca at St. John's. You had uh, Rick Pitino at Providence. You had Jim Calhoun at UConn. Uh, who am I forgetting? I don't know. But you had all these great programs. The one year, of course, that you had three Big East teams in the Final Four with Villanova, St. John's, and Georgetown. That was, the, the to me, the height of college basketball. And Patrick Ewing was the star of that Georgetown team. And Chris Mullen was the star of the St. John's team. Both of those guys have gone to their alma maters to be head coaches in the last decade, and both have failed miserably. Both programs are in the toilet. At Georgetown, I guess, in a little worse shape than St. John's. Uh, St. John's did a good je- job in the quarterfinals of the Big East Tournament. They hung in there with um, – I used to be so into the Big East Tournament, I can't even remember. Was it Marquette who was the number one seed? I can't even remember now. They went to overtime and they lost. But uh, the glory days of the Big East are gone. St. John's and Georgetown are meaningless programs. Uh, and it's sad to me. So the tournament's coming around. I'm not going to tell you about my bracket because you don't care. I don't want to hear about your bracket. Don't send me a tweet about your bracket. Don't send me an email about your bracket. I I honestly don't give a shit. Good luck to you. I hope you win money. I hope you get rich. I hope you have every every pick right. Uh, But nobody cares. So there you go. Uh, that's, (laughs) That's my thought on the brackets. But everybody has fun doing it. I mean, play it. Do it. I'm going to. But, uh. So, Adam, in this game, in this 116 game, I have Old Dominion A&T. And then in the 412 game, 413 game, I have Arkansas P&Q. Oh, yeah, STFU, buddy. All right, uh, I'll be back on Monday. Monday we're going local again. It's the Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull. Make sure you check out the local podcast here as part of the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, Mondays, and eventually we'll be adding a second day. Uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, the bullpen with Adam the Bull, a national sports podcast. Check out my TV show, the ultimate Cleveland sports show, weekdays on YouTube from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. The Bet Rivers, uh, Bet Rivers is a part of that as well as one of the sponsors. We're all we're all in, we're we're loving each other together. Um, and uh, there you go. Check me out on social media as well at Adam the Bull Fan. And uh, I will talk to you. Everybody have a great weekend. We need football back, and we're getting it next week. Free agency is going to be wild. I'll be talking plenty about it right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. See everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.